You are now listening to The Efficacy of Truth with Brother Woods here on At A Church Radio. Praise the Lord. Welcome to the Efficacy of Truth for today. It is July 20th, 2022. We are, as Brother Woods was saying right before we started the podcast, the dog days of summer. (laughs) We're feeling the heat. So uh, we encourage you out there, stay hydrated, stay cool if you can. Stay in the shade. Don't spend too much time outside Amen. In, the, in the direct sunlight. You Amen. want to get a little bit of that vitamin D, a little bit of that, a little bit of that feel good, that sunshine going, but you don't wanna you don't wanna spend too much time, especially working. When you start once you start moving, oh, you start yes. that sweating, whew, just zaps right out of you. And Sam, you're telling the truth. You'll be collapsed by the side of the road before long. <laughs> I mean, not not even a joke. It uh, it's uh it can be dangerous. So you gotta, you gotta be careful, especially as you get older. You know, it starts to hit you even That's harder. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. I'm a witness of that. I, uh, <laughs> uh, the heat I used to be able to take when I was younger. Yeah. But couple along, couple along with humidity, that's a yeah. game changer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, and that's sunshine's powerful, a powerful thing. Um, you know, we thank God for it, but you got to know how to how to manage, how to interact mm. with the things God's created. Amen. Amen. So true. Um, and uh, you don't want too much of a good thing can be can be harmful you know it's just like that that bowl of ice cream you know <laughs> just want just want a little bit you keep going after a while you'll be feeling bad you know i've got a i've got a bad thing about ice cream i've got to have some chocolate syrup on it so that's even an <laughs> added yeah. <laughs> an added yeah. detriment you know yeah all right well um brother woods was asking me you know if i had something on my heart this morning uh, to go into and and i actually do i um i hadn't really planned on on talking about it directly but it's something that the Lord's been showing me recently and talking about, and I just want to be cautious proceeding into it that I don't um, stir up more trouble than I should. Amen. <laughs> put it that way. Uh, but I, I was telling Pastor this morning, you know, there is there is a a measure of um, safety, and there is a measure of seeing, you know, of course, God's will in some of the separation that we've experienced as a mm-hmm. church. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, to, not to put it too um, too directly, but even from those within the apostolic movement yeah, and, the, and the Pentecostal movement here in America, we have experienced a level, uh, a degree of separation. Amen. And... Uh, that is not something that you necessarily look for. It's not something that you're like, oh, hey, good. You know, we make we have less friends than we had before. However, it is a natural byproduct of following after God. Is as you get closer to God, My you Lord. get further away from the world. As you get closer to the will of God, you get further away from the will of the flesh, from Amen. the will of man, Amen. and so true. from chasing after the things of this world. You know, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's not to toot our horn in any way. It's just something that, like I said, it's been on my heart recently and something that I've seen and I know a pastor has experienced firsthand. Um, Of course, when we left, when Mark and I came into the truth and we followed after the voice of God and we were brought to this church, we were baptized in the name of Jesus. We were super excited, very excited, very excited to share the things God was doing, very excited to share how the power of God was manifesting in our life, of how the Spirit of God, for the first time, I was actually experiencing what it was like to have the Spirit of God, amen, amen. and something that I had just assumed I had, but had never actually encountered. And as I've gone further, as I've read the Word so much and, and gone further in the truth, uh, even my own family have become very uh, separate and very distant mm-hmm. because they do not believe that the things we are talking about are real and true. And, you know, it's in the Word. It's, it, the it's word. all backed up by the Word. It's in the Word. And uh, that's how we have our, our confirmation, but also our guidance from the Word of God. And, and I guess I might be seeming all over the place, but I'm trying to reconcile a few different thoughts at once. The Lord laid, led me last night to read through First John and I wanted to share just a few verses from that. First John chapter 1, starting in verse 5. He says, This then is the message which we have heard of him, 
and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Verse 7 says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in My us. Lord. And uh, I was I was sharing a little bit with Pastor this morning. You know, as you read through the book of First John, he does a lot of these... Um, equivalence statements back and forth about God and the light and truth and fellowship and all love and all of these things. But, and having read through this this little book of First John multiple times, it's amazing every time you go back to the mm-hmm. Word, how God shows mm-hmm. you something else, another angle, another another depth Amen. to it. Amen. And it's just, it, it deepens your appreciation, your understanding. And I realized that it felt like very, very often throughout the book, he'll mention the concept of love and he'll describe love <gasps> and what it means. <clears throat> and then immediately after that, or alongside it, he describes righteousness and following the commandments of God. Mm-hmm. And he shows how these two things are interlinked or interconnected. Mm-hmm. Jesus himself said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And unfortunately, the gospel that we're hearing a lot of today is a go- is an is a incomplete gospel. It's a gospel of one of those things. It includes the love of God. It includes you know, the, everything about the goodness of God and the mercy of God and Amen. the grace of God, Amen. but completely leaves out that other half, that other side of of the relationship with God, which is following His commandments. So true. Which is, as so He true. says here, admitting the truth, right, that we have sinned. Uh, and that goes back to the first gospel we see preached in the New Testament by John the Baptist, repent. You have to admit that you're a sinner. You have to recognize this concept that that you have messed up, <laughs> that you are unclean, right? Yes, you sir. can't get clean, you can't get washed <clears throat> until you realize that you are unclean, so that true. you need to be washed. And there is a lot of preaching going around, there's a lot of messaging going around uh, that has to do with the love of God, quote unquote, and how wonderful God's love is and how we need to have complete and utter love for everyone and everything. All right. But that love has certain parameters to it. It has certain guidelines to it. We're not to love the things of the world. We're not to love the things of the flesh. And as he says here, God is light. In him is no darkness at all. If we are in the light, if we're walking in the light, the actual true light of God, then we will be eschewing, we will be, we will be distancing ourselves. Uh, by its very nature of being in the light, you're distancing yourself from the darkness. Amen. And, uh, you know, this, this goes to, there's a lot of cultural talk uh, of this idea of shades of gray, right, where... Well, you know, it is, it, everything isn't black and white, it's shades of gray. And this just gets repeated over and over and over again, but never really supported, never see. really explained. But when you go to the Word of God for your truth, you see that that is directly not true. Not that true. Is directly against what the Word not says. True. He says, if you're in the light, there is no darkness. Nah. When, you, when you go to the things of God, there is, it is absolutes. It is one way or the other. Right, you see, when when God's when you hear about God's faithfulness and His mercies that are new every morning, there's no shadow of turning. Man. right from Man. with Him when He sets His face on something like a flint, nothing deters Him, nothing shifts Him, nothing changes so Him. True, so true, brother Sam. And that is the same about His holiness. It's the same about His love. Yes, but it's also the same about His righteousness and about His uh, His request, really command for us to obey Absolutely. his commandments, Absolutely. for us to obey um, the things he has asked us to do and to go alongside that. And to kind of wrap this whole concept up is the problem that that I guess the Lord's been showing me, and, and I don't want to get into all the details because I don't have all the details, but I have seen it within the apostolic movement even since I've been here, because I'm, I'm, I'm someone who is a, a, a voracious researcher. I will, if you give me the name of someone, if you give me a church, if you give me a book, I'm going to go look up everything about it, right? And be like, who's this person? Where'd they come Amen. from? How'd they Amen. get to where they are? I want to hear their testimony, right? I want, I want to know the things God's done in their life. And as I started doing that with a lot of the, I don't want to say a lot, but with certain key people and uh, organizations 
even within the movement uh, that we would call ourselves a part of, really, you know, the Apostolic Church or the Pentecostal Apostolic uh, Group, there is a lot of compromise going on. Oh, man. And, and this compromise is subtle. It is not, uh, hey, we're all going to wear miniskirts now and we're going to, you know, worship Satan in our services. Mm-hmm. That's not what it <clears throat> is, because that would be too obvious. <clears throat> it's, it's the little things. It's the... It's the it's the association and the comfort uh, and the the comfortableness, if you will, with the world, with people of the world, with people of stature in the world, of of bringing those people into the mix to try to gain notoriety. It's that it's that uh, pride of life oh, is what Sam. it is, is what that temptation is, brother right? Sam, so true. And I, I started noticing it a time after being here, and after you know, you, you know, I want to look up well, what's some good music, for example, you know, apostolic music. And I start looking into that and I realized mm-hmm. that there is, there is good apostolic, mm-hmm. you know, uh, music out there. There are, there are people who are led by the spirit of God who are worshiping in spirit and truth, you know, and you hear it in the music, but there are also people who are using the music as a platform, are using the music to get themselves a name, are using it to, uh, get position themselves so that then they can associate with someone else within the music industry mm-hmm. And then that as a launching pad to a career, and then suddenly somewhere along the way we've forgotten about God. Amen. Right. And 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 Amen. You know, that that same story has happened yes, many times. Yes. People get pulled away by the lures of the world. Uh, but but going back to this idea of compromise, you know, God God doesn't God doesn't play that game. He no, doesn't sir. compromise no, on anything. Sir. No sir. He he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God Almighty. And if we want to be like God, if we want to know him, and if we want to see him, you know, as he says, without holiness, no man can see God, we have to be the same way. We have to be just as uncompromising as God is. Now, that means we have to know the truth, right? Because you can't be dogmatic and and uncompromising on something you don't understand. Amen. So that you don't know. Yes, sir. But when you do know the truth, when God shows you something, when God speaks to you on something... Uh, as, as as Paul said to Timothy, you wage warfare with those prophecies, right? Mm-hmm. When you have the Word of God, when you have something that you know came from the throne delivered to you, Amen. It's you know just like if you imagine you know a letter that's that's got the seal of the throne room of heaven stamped on the front of it and said you know this is from God for you. When you receive that, you don't just read it and say, okay, well, that's nice, and, you know, toss it away. Mm-hmm. You want to frame that, put it up on your wall, look at it every once in a while, read it Amen. over again and so again, true. remind so yourself of what God has said Amen. in His Amen. Word, what God has sent to you. You know, sometimes it, that's delivered to you across the, the uh, pulpit, sometimes it's delivered to you in the midst of prayer in the middle of the night, you know, but when God speaks to you, when God uh, confirms or, or gives you truth, that's something you need to... Uh, hang your hat on. You need, it needs to be a, a, a fixed fix <laughs> in your life, fixed in your life. Yes, yes, sir. And, you know, the, the, the scripture talks about being careful of letting things slip. Mm. And I'm afraid as, as we are in the end times, as that is the, the biggest danger to the church, is letting things slip, is compromise, is uh, the false teaching and the false... Uh, the Antichrist spirit really just edging in slowly and just oh, yes. creeping in unawares, as oh, the scripture yes. says. That's where we're at. That's what we're seeing happen. And it's it's disturbing, is, is the only word I can think of, is because I just came out of, you know, a little over a year ago, a place that I thought was true and real and was not. And now I have seen the light. I have Amen. seen how I was wrong. And Amen. God has shown me things. And then I, I turn around looking for fellowship with those who claim to also have the truth, and I see them slipping into the world that I came from, and and on different levels. But that is, it it can easily be discouraging, because as you see that happen, especially with people that you're told are supposed to be leaders within our ranks kind of thing, you know, and then you see them getting their eye caught by, you know, the glint of these things, or or just slowly, subtly over time, letting the standards erode and this kind of stuff, it can be discouraging because then you're like, well, it, it makes you second guess. And you're like, well, am I actually in the truth then? See. If these people claim to have it, See. but they're letting it go, and, you know, they're supposed to be the bastions of the faith, then what is this faith that I'm actually holding to? Is it everything that that the Word says it is, you know? And that's the danger in that of of letting things slip is not just that you yourself are getting caught up in it, 
but especially as a leader, when you start Whoa. letting things go because <clears throat> you're tired, because you're mm-hmm. worn down, because mm-hmm. you just, you know, you were, you were finally convinced by the perpetual repetition mm-hmm. of the enemy's lies. And when you finally give into that, then you're not the only one who suffers. There are people under you, there are people watching you who are then drawn away that is so true. as well. And you know, like you know, it's 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 a crazy comparison. But what what immediately comes to mind is is the devil himself. When he fell, he brought all those angels with him because they were under his command. They were the ones following him. He had all of them. You know, God has this architecture of of like a military <laughs> yes, structure yes, within yes. the the host of heaven. Yes. And, uh, and and I've heard several preachers say it, and I, and I do believe it's true that the angels that fell were not necessarily convinced by the devil to fall, but they were following orders. Like, mm-hmm. they were under him, right? And that's why they, they fell away with him. And, uh, you know, all that going back to, to this idea of compromise is that you just, it just starts with a little compromise, right? Just a little bit, yes, a just little. that little, just that that's foot in the door. all it takes. And then eventually the door's wide open and there's stuff streaming in that you never intended to happen, that you never intended to bring in, but by then it's too late. By then you can't, you can't just slam the door on it because it's all it's it's holding Amen. the door open at that point. Amen. Amen. And um, that's I mean that's that's really what's been on my heart over the past few days. Like I said, I've done, and I'm not going into specifics because I don't want to. All right, all right. Uh, cause trouble or cause someone else to stumble, but I but I want to admonish and encourage anyone listening to the times the times in which we fa- have found ourselves. I think are more dangerous than people realize. Mm-hmm. I think it's more, there's more deception. There's more, as the, as first John says, you know, uh, these, the antichrist spirit is, is working over time. The, there are more and more and more false Christs, false apostles, mm-hmm. false teachers popping up and the lies are getting subtler. The lies are getting so close to the truth that even the elect mm-hmm. would be deceived, right? That's mm-hmm. where we're at, which yeah. is which is another sign of the times that I believe yes. is extremely strong, word. showing that we are in the last that the last last the days. Word. Because there is because I myself sometimes, as you listen to these people, as I've listened to presentations, you know, you'll hear uh, one that that I, that I I think I could point out um, is a there was this man I believe he was from South Africa. He was a a leader of a the Church of Satan. Uh, chapter, local chapter. And supposedly he was converted. He became a Christian. Well, listening to his testimony, and, and I haven't listened, you know, every single minute by minute, but I listened to a, a good portion of it. Uh, one one key thing I noticed is that I didn't hear any scripture mentioned, which is a big red flag uh, because that, you know, the scripture tells us that hearing, uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now you can obviously receive the gospel without Scripture, I guess, but the gospel and scripture are so closely interlinked that if someone's sharing the gospel mm-hmm. with you, they would be giving you scripture uh, to back it up. But regardless of that, he was in the middle of a ceremony of some sort. He had done some kind of meditation or something and had ascended into the spirit. He was astral projecting or, or whatever you want to label it as. He had, uh, you know, come out of his body and he was interacting with the spirit realm. And of course, under the under his uh, training and everything. He was doing that in order to gain knowledge from the ascended masters in the spirit mm-hmm. realm. You know, mm-hmm. basically he was he was divination. You know, communing yes, with demons. Yes, that yes. was his purpose, right? And I'm careful to criticize someone in that position and what they see and what they experience because I've I've actually been there myself. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I I might have shared it some. We'll we'll probably do a thorough testimony at some point, Mark and I, of our of what we went through before we came Amen. to God. But uh, we were. Uh, taking mushrooms on multiple times and we interacted with different mm-hmm. spiritual beings throughout that, that entire um, trajectory of that, that whole experience, mm-hmm. which is over the period of several weeks and months really. And uh, so I can appreciate the overwhelming sense of awe and wonder mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. can happen when you are suddenly experiencing spiritual things for the right, first time. You're right, suddenly, right being spoken to by some otherworldly being and all of that. Like, mm-hmm, it is very mm-hmm. captivating. However, what I noticed in his testimony is that he did not once mention the word repent. Mm-hmm. He didn't mention 
the again, as, as I mentioned earlier, the first gospel that John preached, the, the first gospel that Jesus preached, the first gospel that's preached after Jesus left the earth physically, repent, repent, repent. That's that's the beginning of the rest of, of, so true. of, of the thing. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, Acts 2.38, you know, quote it all the time, says it starts off with repent and be baptized My in the name Lord. of Jesus Christ. Uh, the gospel that he was given was a gospel of love, was a gospel from a being that he credits as being Jesus, who told him, I love you with an overwhelming, unconditional love, and everything was love, love, love. And it sounds wonderful, and it sounds good, but it's missing some key components Absolutely, of the scripture. Yes, it's yeah. missing some key components of what the actual gospel is, which again, yes, there's unconditional love. Uh, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But believing on him doesn't mean just saying and accepting, well, God is love and all is love and all's well and good. Oh, yeah. There's that key element of repentance. There's that oh, key element. Yes. I mean, all you have to do is just read the book of Hebrews. He goes in and out all around throughout that book of why the sacrifice of Jesus Christ was needed. Amen. If God was just love, and love is love, and <laughs> there was never any repentance necessary, then his sacrifice was completely unnecessary. Right. The whole point of him coming to earth was unnecessary. The whole idea of washing away your sins becomes completely negated, completely forgotten. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But all of that is still true. All of that is still in the book. And that's why all of those things are in there is so that we can understand and appreciate what God did for us. But that should also then motivate us to say, well, God, I want to I want to take advantage of what you've done for me. I want to enter into the holiest of holies by this new and living way, mm -hmm, by this mm -hmm, sacrifice you've mm -hmm. made for me. And in order to participate in that, you have to repent. You have to take that step of faith, but you have to repent. You have to turn away from the world, turn away from the old life. And this gospel that's being preached, and, and this man was was is definitely preaching it, and when you listen to the further subsequent interviews with him, he's definitely preaching it, is a gospel of pure acceptance, a gospel of pure love, a gospel of pure <clears throat> unity. That is the end times, one world, antichrist, beast system, church gospel. So true. That's Amen. what that is. Amen. It is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is not mm. the gospel that Jesus died for. It is not the truth of the word. And there are a lot of forces moving in politically. There's a lot of forces moving religiously within on, our now. nation on, that so are true. rallying around this so false gospel, true. this gospel of we need to return so to true. our roots. We need to return to the good things of God. And it sounds so good because they're talking about scripture. They're talking about good things. They're not focusing, again, they're not focusing on let's live in debauchery because tomorrow we die. That's not what they're preaching. They're preaching a, a gospel, but it is not the full gospel. It's not the true gospel. No, it's not. And that's why it's so misleading is because it has such a key component of truth in it. God's love is amazing. God's love is intense. God's love is unconditional. But Hallelujah. you don't get to have God's love and live in darkness. Mm -mm. Those two things don't mix. Mm -mm. God doesn't play that game. Mm -mm. And now this, this, this gospel, this false gospel is, I see it creeping into uh, what I would call the apostolic movement. And it is subtle. It is very subtle, but it's there. Mm -hmm. And I have seen evidence of it. And, and by evidence, I mean direct evidence. And it's it's... It's built into this whole idea of compromise, this whole idea of, well, yeah, they're not really, we don't really know that they're born again. We don't really know that they have the Holy Spirit. They don't really have the evidence of that, but their music's so good. Mm -hmm. So we should have them lead worship. <laughs> <sighs> that is such a dangerous thing to do. Yes, it is. is. so dangerous. Not only is it foolish and unwise, but you by doing something that that seems so harmless right it's like wow what what could possibly go wrong right Amen. what could happen Amen. i mean they're sincere right they love god but i heard a a worship leader say this and i i it's really stuck with me they said you cannot lead someone somewhere in worship that you haven't been yourself mm -hmm. and that's something anyone who stands up and leads music um or preaches or anything needs to understand is that as a leader you have to 
you're in front, right? You you go, you're the spearhead of wherever you're going and people will follow you, but you have to be going to the throne. You have to be going to Amen. the depths of God's word. Amen. You have to be going to that place of holiness Amen. and living in that. Come on now. If you want to expect anyone following after you to do the same. Come on now. And when we're propping up people who don't live in that place, who aren't actually sanctified by God, who don't actually have the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the living God inside of them, where are they leading us? Uh Because it can't be to the throne room. It it can't be to the actual living God. No, it's not. Because they've never been there. And it's, like I said, I I, I get chills just thinking about it because it's it's so dangerous and it's so... and, And it really shows... Mark and I have talked about this a lot. It really shows a deficiency in discernment because on some level, if, if, if you allow this to happen, right, if you bring someone in or if you're promoting someone or if you're adjoining, associating with someone who is not born again, mm-hmm. but you're treating them as if they are a brother, right? There's, there's, there's a difference between ministry and reaching out to someone and saying, hey, we have the truth and we need to show you a better way, right? Like in the book of Acts, we see Amen. the apostles doing that with folks when they say, oh, you've never received the Holy Spirit. Let's tell you about it. Let's, you know, we need to get you on board. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. different than what you have is not the full truth. What you have is not the anointing of God. Oh, yes. But it's good enough. And oh, we're just yeah. going to pretend we're all on the same level and we're all part of on the same team. That's not the same thing. Come on now. And when you start doing that, you're you're introducing factors into your ministry. I feel this very strongly. You introduce factors into your ministry when you do that, when you compromise, that you don't even know about. Because that person, if they don't have the actual protection and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, they're running with things that they don't even know about. <laughs> They've got mis, misguidance and, and possible demonic Absolutely. influence in Absolutely. their life that they do not comprehend. Absolutely. And they can't see because they don't have the illumination of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So when you invite them in, it's just like inviting a rabid dog into your home. And that sounds like a really harsh comparison but they haven't been washed yet. They haven't been cleansed Amen. yet. They haven't been sanctified. They haven't been a vessel prepared for the master's use. And so it's the same thing in the Old Testament. We see time and again when someone would pollute the vessels that are in the temple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And God was extremely angry with that because these things were dedicated specifically for his purposes. And it's the same thing as trying to bring in a filthy vessel into the temple of God. That's literally what you're doing. Literally. When you invite in, when you, when you attach to someone's ministry that is not born again, and you say, <laughs> well, we're preaching the same gospel, or we're all brethren, mm-hmm. and it's all good, mm-hmm. you've, you've both diminished mm-hmm. God, you've diminished the gospel, you've diminished the truth, and you have lifted up a lie at the mm-hmm. same time. And again, I just, <laughs> I, I feel so strongly about it because... I, my eyes have been open, right? Because I have come into the truth. I have, I have, um, I have seen the word. You know, it's funny because I read the word through the scriptures so many times. I went to Bible college. I didn't finish, but I did spend some time in Bible college studying. You know, the Greek, and 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 I was on track to become a a, a minister of some sort. You know, in in the the group that I was in. You know, uh, some kind of missionary or something. Mm-hmm. You know, pastor. Mm-hmm. And so I was very familiar with the word, but now when I read it, mm-hmm. it's alive. I, it's not just, well, that's really good, that's really deep, that's some good wisdom and some good guidance for life, as as it will, you know, the Word will bear fruit no matter what, but now it is alive mm-hmm. in a way that I didn't know it could be. Big difference. Yes. And as I read it, I am just, I, I can hear yeah, the difference. voice of God. I can, I can feel God educating my spirit as I read the word. And, and, and it's, it's indescribable, really, because it's something spiritual that's happening. See. And we don't have physical words to See. render it out properly. Yes. Yes. Um, but, you know, that's, that's really, you know, I've been chattering for about 30 minutes now. That's, 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 that's okay. really it's okay. the things that have been on my heart lately. Okay. And, uh, you know, the, the, I've, I've been studying eschatology, and I have, I have an episode of Eschaton that I need to um, go ahead and publish. But and get that rolling again. But I, I noticed as I was studying the other day that what is referenced multiple times when it comes to the end is a, a, an apostasy, mm-hmm. a leaving, a departing from the truth, which is different than people living in sin. 
Mm-hmm. Because that will happen, right? We, we, the Lord tells us it'll be as the days of Noah, it'll be as the days of Lot. And so we know sin is going to wax worse and worse and all of that. Yes, the world will get darker and darker. But my fear is for those components, those members of the church of the living God who will be caught away, who will be pulled away by these things, by this deception, by because, as the scripture says, they don't have that sincere love for the truth. They might love God on some level. They might want to appreciate and participate in the things God is doing. But unless you love this word, mm-hmm. unless you love God and love this word and want to adhere to everything in it, you will be deceived. You will be caught away because that's how the devil works is he uses the scripture tangentially, right? Mm-hmm. Just a few pieces of it or, or, or a part of it. And yes. you're like, oh, I recognize that. That's truth, right? So that they must be good, right? Because they've got truth there. <laughs> yes, sir. And it's like, no, no, no. But that truth is mixed in with Absolutely. all kinds of filthiness, Absolutely. all kinds of yes, um, sir. bad doctrine. And so it's vital. It's vital now more than ever for each individual, each individual believer, each individual Christian, if you call yourself a Christian, mm-hmm. if you have been born again, to know the word, to know your God to get close to him, to be, to live holy, to, you know, all these things we hear preached all the time. And this attitude that the world and the devil will convince you of is, well, yeah, eventually you need to get that way. Eventually you need to get to the point where you're living the way God wants you to. But for now, you know, you're so busy. There's so much going on. You got kids, you've got family going on, you know, you've got a job. You can, we can get around to that eventually, right? (laughs) That is exactly the deception that will lead people into this is, Amen. well, I haven't read my Bible all week because I've just been busy. And so let me just, let me pull up a video online or I haven't read my Bible. I haven't been to church in a month, you know, but I still love God. So let me just, let me try out this other church, you know, that's closer because it's more convenient. And, mm-hmm. uh, and let's see, let's see what they got going on there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, it's just, it's so mm-hmm. fast. It's so simple. It's mm-hmm. so subtle. But that trajectory change, that trajectory shift, that's that, that what we were talking about earlier, that gradations of gray, right? All it takes is being one degree less than oh, absolute white, it. right? Absolute pure Come on light. Come on. And you're in darkness. Come on. You might not feel it. You might not even see it. That's it. But if it's anything less than pure light, that's it. it's got darkness in it. Yes, that's and, it. And I, and I run to this all the time, you know, because I do graphic design. Yeah. And especially on the computer, you know, it's it's so specific. You have specific parameters of, you know, how much white is in the image or how much black is in the image and and specific numbers attached to each one of these values of each color amount that's in whatever that is. And you could have something on the screen that looks like it is pure white, but if it's just, if there's 1%, less than 1% difference, it's not. You might not even be able to tell, but if you look it up, if you look at the properties of the image or, you're, you know, you're the one editing it, you know, and you look and what is this actual color, you'll see, oh, this is actually has just slightly less than pure whatever color it is that it's supposed to be. And that's all it takes. That's all it takes to be less than what God's called us to. Amen. And that is that compromise. Amen. That's so what true. that is. And that's so and, and that's, it leads to that's, more. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Do you have any thoughts, brother? <clears throat> well, yes. <laughs> As you're talking, <clears throat> I had to, um, the very thing that you were talking about uh, being led, being led astray, and those that are, those that are not versed in the word, mm. <clears throat> so and someone that is teaching them the wrong thing for the wrong reason mm-hmm. for their benefit, mm-hmm. and I'm always one of the good part of scriptures that. <clears throat> It's kind of my favorite, but it was uh, Matthew, the 23rd chapter, where Jesus denounces the scribes and the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty, it's pretty lengthy, but they're all indictments against the Pharisees and the uh, scribes, who we know were um, men of renown, you know, interpreters of the mm-hmm. law and writers of the law. <clears throat> but let me read this. And then in the context of what you were saying, mm. you just got through saying, I think we can kind of fit this into the narrative that you've given. And then Jesus spake to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, 
The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. But do not after their works, for they say and do not. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne, and lay them on men's shoulders. But they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do to, for to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the, the borders of their garments and love the uppermost rooms at feasts and the chief seats in the synagogue. Greetings in the marketplace and to be called of men, Rabbi, Rabbi. But be not ye called Rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ. And all ye are brethren, and call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. Neither be ye called master, for one is your master, even Christ. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant, and whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For you neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering, entering to go in. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayers, therefore ye shall receive the greater damnation. Woe unto you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites! For one compasses, and this is think one, one of the things you were talking about, for ye compass sea and land to make one proselyte, and when he is made, you make him twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. Mm. Woe unto ye, ye blind guides, which say, Whosoever shall swear by the temple, it is nothing. But whosoever shall swear by the gold of the temple, he is a debtor. Ye fools and blinds, for whatsoever, whether he is greater, the gold or the temple that sanctifies the gold. And whosoever, and whosoever shall swear by the altar, it is nothing. But whosoever swears by the gift, that is up on it, he is guilty. And it goes on to, to, to give the, what we talked about the parameters of, of that slipping in, those mm. false teachers and mm -hmm. that apostate doctrine that doesn't really have the substance to really anchor a child of God, mm. but are, are, are tainted with men's uh, personages and for the, what they want to make themselves seem like something. <clears throat> We've often talked about the, Satan will take a lake of truth to disguise a pint of poison? Yes, he will. Just like he did in a garden when he deceived the woman. Yeah. He knew the scripture, he was, being a light bearer, he knows the word of God and he yeah. knows how to manipulate that. That's mm -hmm. why he's so dangerous. Mm -hmm. These things uh, that we see uh, in modern day churches, I've seen them uh, up close years ago and then you're seeing them now. But this is a, this is a time of day that you have the scripture says that Save yourself from this mm. untoward generation mm -hmm. because they have nothing more in their mind anymore than to deceive men. And we that hold the truth in love and in light, we're going to be ostracized for that truth. Sure. Because they think they're going to, they won't destroy us and think that they're doing God a, mm -hmm. a service. Mm -hmm. But the word of God, like you said, it always has a dividing line. Yeah. When he, when he took and he said he, he uh, divided the light from the darkness. That is that is the truth. Mm -hmm. We can't dwell in that darkness. One of the pastors that I sat up under, he's saying, <clears throat> and this is another thing to, to stipulate what you're talking about, that, that area of gray that is just enough. Mm -hmm. He said, no one that is full of the Holy Ghost should ever play next to a mud puddle <laughs> because one spot mm -hmm. on that white garment mm -hmm. is enough to do you in. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's so good. That um, that idea of keeping yourself, that idea of staying in the truth, of enduring to the end, is repeated often in the New Testament and more often as you look in a passage that relate to the end, that relate to yes, the sir. time before Jesus arrives. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because that's when it's just like a marathon, right? The marathon, a lot, most of the time, you know, the runners you see them and they're going in a pack, right? And throughout, you know, the first half, maybe the first three quarters of the race, they're all about the same. I mean, they're all just tra trucking along, you know, they're pacing themselves. Come on now. But the race isn't done. It isn't won mm -hmm. until you reach the finish line. If you give out, 
five eighths of the way there, seven eighths of the way there, you know, 15 sixteenths of the way, you know, you're right there. (laughs) And that's where you give out. You still haven't won. You still haven't crossed the line. You still haven't achieved your goal. And that's all that God asks of us really is just to endure, just to hold on. So true. And as he said, you know, if if we're holding on to him, he's holding on to us. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to worry about him letting go. Come on now. All you have to worry about is staying in the fight, is staying in. Well said. And that is, uh, you know, that as um, I believe it was Paul, you know, was talking about, you know, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. He made these comparisons, you know, to mm-hmm. to an athlete several times, or to a soldier, because that is what makes the difference between a winner and a loser in a lot of mm-hmm. these situations. In a, in a battlefield situation, many times, you know, if they had the same uh, military technology on both mm-hmm. sides and the same amount of troops, it was just sincerely willpower that would that would decide who won out over the other. Absolutely, who held out long enough. Absolutely, if you're in a boxing ring. That's who wins more often than not is whoever can just hold on, can keep on, mm-hmm. can get hit and fall and get back yeah. up and keep going. Mm-hmm. And that is the calling God has placed upon us. Amen. And Amen. especially to our generation, if you will, the generation of saints of this mm-hmm. age is to just endure. And he and he says in there, he talks about, you know, God's people will do exploits and, and we're going to see, you know, signs and wonders and miracles and all of those things. Yes. Mm-hmm. But your calling, uh, you know, as he said, make your calling and election sure. Make it, sure. Make it steadfast, make you know, it hold sure. tight. He make mentions this sure. idea of hold tight to these things, the things you've been shown, the things from the word, Episode. the things that have been taught to you from the shepherds that have been placed over Episode. you. Hold on to them. Don't let them go. Don't let them slip now uh, just because the world seems more convincing than ever. Because it's going to continue getting more and more convincing. It's going to continue becoming more and more enticing. And... If if your flavor hasn't come up yet, it, it will. will. It will. It will. <laughs> whatever your whatever your uh, temptation is, whatever it, it is that, that that would pull you aside, mm-hmm. if you haven't felt it yet, you will. It's coming. Amen. You will so be tempted true. by it, and 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 the devil will come with that lollipop or with that bag of chips <laughs> or whatever it is. <laughs> yes. And be like, absolutely. don't you want some of that? And that is most often how we see, uh, you know, especially prominent men of God fall is oh, is these secret sins, is these, uh, you know, personal temptations that they have. And it's crazy how you see that undermine, literally undermine their ministry. Because if you allow that to come in, you allow that something to start chipping away at the foundation, then eventually the whole thing will crumble. will crumble. It's not a question of if, but when. It will crumble. And as you allow these things to chip away, and you're like, well, I can just keep sweeping it under the rug, and I keep, keep, you know, nobody knows about it, or the people who know about it are helping me, you know, keep it under under wraps, so it, it'll be fine. And eventually the whole thing does crumble. And as you mentioned here, you know, then you, everyone who's following after you, that you're leading astray, you're making them twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's saying something. It's saying a lot, brother. And that's the uh, the both the danger but the privilege of being in leadership as well is that you are accountable for a lot more than lot more. Than, than someone who is a just a follower more. you know someone who's just a, a worker bee if you will in the kingdom mm-hmm. uh but if you're the one you know if you're placed as a shepherd over to watch the souls of men over a church you have a great grave responsibility mm-hmm. and um, that's one of the reasons i appreciate our pastor so much Amen. is so that true. he understands that responsibility and so he true. understands that it is not something to take lightly it's not something to toy with and it doesn't matter how many people are in the congregation as as he's mentioned before you know and when we went through it there were times uh you know through covid and all kinds of other things going on there were times when here we would only have four or five people coming to a service or several Amen. services in a row so true now. and it was just those faithful few yeah. that responsibility is the same as as somebody who's the head over four or five people as over four or five thousand. Amen. It's so the true. same responsibility. It's so the same true. accountability. You know, when in the parables of the talents, or the parable of talents, I should say, uh, you know, it's it's told a few different times, but he held them accountable. The master held them accountable for what they were given. He didn't compare them to each other and say, Oh, well, he made you know, he made five and you, you know, you only made three or so what have true. you. It was, no, 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 what did you do with what I gave you? Mm-hmm. What did you make of what I placed in your hand? And 
that goes all the way back to where we started from all is, the way back. is that idea of compromise, that idea of back. letting things slip is if he's, if God's placed it in your hand, it's not to be taken lightly. The gospel that God placed in your hand is not to be taken lightly. The responsibility, the leadership on whatever level you have is not to be taken lightly. No, sir. The, the, the calling and the gift of God are without repentance. Mm-hmm. He gave that to you because he wanted you to have it and he wanted to see you succeed with it. Oh, yes. And for us to taint that, for us to take that, to, for us to take our lives, us as, as a vessel, and then use it for a different purpose than what God intended. I mean, that is just, I, I can't even imagine how frustrating that is to God. Mm-hmm. When, when he's, he's, mm-hmm. he's positioned you, he's given you everything. Mm-hmm. He's given all mm-hmm. the power of heaven for you to be able to accomplish the goal he's placed before you. You just have to hold on. You just have to persist. Oh, yes. Just put one foot in front of the other. And then for someone to be caught away and, and to be distracted by the world or by their own lusts, it's, I'm, I'm sure it is disappointing to God. Mm-hmm. And that is the point at which, you know, we talk about the unconditional love of God, but there are there are limits to God's favor. There are limits to God's um grace and his mercy. Oh yes. They're new every morning, yes, yes. But if you have turned from God, you know, and it talks about this in Hebrews, if you've tasted of that divine nature, if you have been a part of what God has given out and you then turn away you then abandon that or you taint it, you compromise that precious gift that God's placed inside of you. I, I, I believe that is, is, is what he is. It may not be completely, but he, when he talks about blaspheming the Holy Ghost, I believe that that is what he's referencing, is this idea of not just mislabeling or rejecting God's truth, but you've been, it's been placed inside of you. You have been consecrated. Totally you have different. been adopted into his kingdom. Totally different. And then you are now a traitor to his cause. Yes. And that's really what's happening. If yes. you talk about it in a military and a national yes. standpoint, you know, is that you have been brought over. You have been welcomed with open arms. He has stripped away everything from the old kingdom and given you new robes and given you new clothing so and prepared you for a new life. And for you to then go back to the old life and start slipping those things in and start yeah. wearing those <clears throat> garments and start acting that way as if you still were a part of that old country. Yes. You are a traitor at that point. It says you're not fit. And exactly. And 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 he says, you know, you're not fit mm-hmm. for the kingdom. You're not fit to remain. You're not fit to be a part of what he is doing. Um and and but I, I guess the reason I, I'm so worked up about this and passionate about it today is because these things are real and they are happening. Yeah, and right. it, it's not just something where it's like, well, watch out, this might happen to you someday. It is happening, happening right now. And and as I said, I have seen direct evidence of this happening. And so my encouragement to anyone listening would be, again, to dig into the word. Mm-hmm. Take a day off from work if you have to. Mm-hmm. This is more important. Your salvation, your eternity, your ministry, whatever it is, is more important than you getting a raise. Because yeah. if you seek first the kingdom of God, Ooh. all that stuff's coming your way anyhow. Anyway, anyway. But... You know, make sure you're in a church that's preaching the truth. Make sure you're in a church that's preaching the gospel. And, you know, it's interesting how when God called us out of the church we were in, you know, now looking back, they were not in the truth. And they still are not, right? That, right, that church. Right, right. But God still has his order and his structure to things. He told us to go to the pastor. He didn't tell us just leave and curse them. He said, go to the pastor Talk to him about what I want to do, which is to have the Holy Spirit active and working in the church. And that pastor was not interested. And he dismissed it at first out of hand. When we talked to him again later, he was still not open to the Holy Spirit working in the way that that is actually described in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's what most people would term a cessationist, you know, that God doesn't mm-hmm. actually do those things anymore. And God had us go through that process because God is a God of order. Right. He didn't want us to cause chaos. He didn't want us to stand God up in the order. midst of a service and curse everyone. God right? of order. He wanted us to go through the procedure because that then holds that sh- that shepherd accountable. Yes. Because he is still there watching yes. over those souls. Amen. And for whatever level he's, he is um, obeying the word of God, that's the level to which he will be held accountable. That's the level mm. to which he'll be rewarded. But now, on his account, it was documented. Whatever angel follows him around and jots notes on what he's doing every day, mm-hmm. right? Wrote down, these two young men were visited by God and told this and came and gave it to you. And you said, I don't think so. 
he will be held accountable for that. It's kind of an indictment. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. Because we were held accountable for it. Amen. To respond. And that's what I told Mark was, we have to believe that either this is the true God speaking to us, which means you have to take everything he says, everything. literally, you have to do everything he everything. says exactly the way he says to do it, or this is a deception and this is not on God. On it's one or the other, right? Again, <laughs> it's light now. or darkness. And because of the nature by which we receive the message, because of what the things that accompany the message and God confirming scripture throughout, we decided, you know what, I believe this really is God. And as Hallelujah. we've seen, you know, sitting here today, it bore Hallelujah. out, right? We've seen, yes. We're seeing fruit from that here mm-hmm. over a year later. But that's, you know, in, in 1 John, he says to try the spirits. That's the attitude we have to be in now, is anytime anyone gives you something and it doesn't seem to line up with the scripture, right? It's either something new, something you've never heard before, or it seems to be a different interpretation than what you heard from the spirit when last time you read the word, right? Which mm-hmm. is why it's so important to be in the word. That's when you got to try the spirits. And you're going to be like, wait, I respect this person maybe. You know, they're a great leader. They have a bunch of people following them. They even claim to have the truth. But if what they're saying doesn't actually line up with the word of God, then I can't follow them. I can't follow what they're saying. And that means, again, each one of us has to take that responsibility on for ourselves. You can't just go sit in the pew and amen everything the pastor says and expect to make it. Oh, no. That is not what this is about. You have to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It is important. And, 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 and I think that's part of the problem with our culture and our society is that, is that shirking of responsibility, that shirking of, well, you know, I could deal with it later or just, you know, someone else will take care of this for me. No, you have to take care of making sure you're where you need to be, that you are following the right message, that you actually know the truth. Because God will hold you personally responsible. Mm-hmm. The God will hold leaders responsible for, for their job. Amen. But God will hold you responsible for how you responded to them. When you heard them preaching heresy week after mm-hmm. week, and you sat there and just said, I don't understand it, but See. it seems okay. And then you just went along with it. You're going to be held responsible for that. Just as much as they're going to be held responsible for preaching oh, yes. uh, bad Absolutely. doctrine. And uh, you know when you stand before the judge, you stand before the king. Mm-hmm. Every time he describes that scene in the scriptures, <laughs> you're by yourself. You are by yourself. Every man. And you have to answer for yourself. Every man. Uh, which is part of the privilege, uh, going back to the book of Hebrews, part of the privilege of when you are in the kingdom, when you are one of God's ch- children, is he talks about Jesus as our advocate. Jesus as our, oh, he's our lawyer. He is the one standing on our behalf mm-hmm. and saying, I know they did wrong but it's covered by the blood. blood. I know that they were born in sin, (laughs) but they have been born again into a new and living way. Amen. Amen. And you have that on your side when you are in God, Mm -hmm. but you don't have that. You have nothing. You have no recompense. You have nowhere to turn. Nowhere. When you step outside of that. Nowhere. When you go back. It's it's a dangerous thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Mm. But once you have known the truth and turned from it, it's like going back to the big elements of the world, mm-hmm. and those elements are ever increasing in intensity as we as we see that time approaching. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of reminded as we're talking about mm-hmm. the 13th chapter of Matthew, where it talks about the condition of heart that's uh, typified by uh, ground. Mm, yep. And it was a parable, and uh, it was a sword that went forth. 13 uh, Matthew 13 chapter three said, uh, let me see here. And when he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sword went forth uh, to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the way, wayside, and the fowls, fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much the earth, and forthwith they sprung, they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But others fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Who that who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Well, we know that that's talking about conditions of heart. Mm-hmm. And we see in the appliances of things that we, you've talked about today that how some leaders, they had started off good and then they ended up in a place where their hearts were 
became stone. The Lord mm. always talks about, I'm going to take out a stony heart to give you a heart of flesh. Right. And then some leaders have allowed the word to go uh, unattended to, or they don't really believe it anymore, and they converted to a ground of thorns. Mm. And then, you know, there's ones that uh, don't take the word of God like they should, and they have no depth. I mean, the heart condition, good heart, good ground, can turn back as it as it turns, you know, turn away from God. Mm-hmm. And the word of God, it, it doesn't become applicable to them anymore. It doesn't seem as important, but it's a it's a life that we're talking about here. We take mm-hmm. that to heart, and God has given us a heart of flesh through the Holy Ghost that we might have the understanding. The, the sound of the Holy Ghost, uh, uh, the, the operation of the Holy Ghost within us, gives our ear a specific frequency that we can be attuned to the words that mm-hmm. are not true because mm-hmm. it is sure sent off an alarm. Yeah. And, yep. and what you're saying is that these leaders, they no longer hear that alarm. <sighs> but Brother Sam, they, you know, they've disengaged it. Mm. And because they don't hear it, they can't preach it, they can't teach it. Mm-hmm. So others are not getting the benefit of the watchman on the wall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, the first job that God gave man was to tend the garden, right? First job. To take care of it, to prune it, to, you know, make sure that it first. grew the way it was supposed to, to keep keep things in their place, all of that. And that hasn't changed in our lives. Amen. We're still gardeners of our Amen. lives. You might not be, you might not have a green thumb, you know, if you might bring a potted plant to your house and it dies. <laughs> but God expects you to be a gardener of your heart, a gardener of your life, and to keep a watch out. Um, as he says, you know, make no place for the devil. Don't allow a, a, an entry point for those weeds of the world now. or of, you know, the, the devil uh, and another parable, you know, where he sows tares. <laughs> Don't allow those to spring up in your life. You know, we've got here around the the property, we've got some uh, some weed killer that we got to spray around and make sure stuff doesn't grow where it's not supposed to and mm-hmm. everything stays in its place. That's an ongoing maintenance thing. Ongoing. <laughs> That's part of the Christian life Hallelujah. is that ongoing watchfulness, ongoing. So that ongoing uh, job, so you know, of, of work. Yeah, it's work. So true. You got to keep an eye out. But that's the thing. It's work that you don't have to do by yourself. Mm-hmm. Because as Jesus says, you know, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit will illuminate those things. I have had many times since I was born again where I will say, God, show me something that I need to change. Show me something I need to get rid of. And what do you know? He does. <laughs> and sometimes it's things unexpected. Sometimes it's things that I have, as you mentioned, that I have heard or noticed, but I was like, well, I'll deal with that later. Well, you know, it's not so bad. And I just let it slide. And then God's like, no, you need to get rid of that. Or you need to change it. You need to adjust your living so that that no longer happens. And that is so as, but the, the thing is, though, when you ask God for that, then you're responsible and you're accountable for what he tells you. Amen. As we mentioned before, you know, if he gives you a word, if he shows you something, he gives you a verse, whatever it is. Now you got to own, you got to own up to it. Man, you know this right. You got to get it fixed just as, uh, so true. You know, when you look in the perfect law of Liberty and you see that reflection, you're like, Oh, there's a smudge. Oh, there's a, you know, there's a problem here. My hair's out of place, whatever it is. You got to fix it. You got to, you got to take care of it. Um, but, the Holy Spirit will empower you, will enable you, will encourage you Thank when God. you get down about it, you know, because it, it, it is, it, Thank God. It, you know, the, the, the battle that the enemy wages is mentioned, is described several times as trying to wear out the saints. Mm-hmm. And that's all he's got to do is get you to give up. Mm-hmm. Because the scripture also tells us that if you resist the devil, he will flee from mm-hmm. you. That scripture, you know, I heard it so many times as a kid, and I, I, of course, didn't really understand it quite until I got the Holy Spirit, but that is a fascinating concept to me, because what that means is that you, as a child of God, being born again with the Spirit of God, now have the capability to outlast the devil. <laughs> Think about that. I yes, mean, sir. you have you have the ability to go yes, sir. 8, 9, 10, 12 rounds yes, in the ring with the devil and just keep resisting. Yes, sir. As he says in Ephesians, you know, you stand, and then having done all to stand, you have that power now because Amen. of God so living inside of you. And so it's not over until you give up. It is mm. not done until you let go. And you don't have to let go. Don't have to let go. And you have the power and the authority yeah. of God to keep Come holding on. on. We're talking good here. 
and uh, and and at some point it might be it might be longer than you thought was necessary, but at some point the devil's going to say, "All right, that's too much for me. I got better things to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got I got other problems to deal with. I got you know he's going to get called off on some other errand. He's got other plans. He's got other shenanigans. He's got someone else that he's like. I know this guy is only going to go three rounds, so I'm going to go work on him for a while. Amen. It's not going to last forever, and that's how it always feels when you're in the middle of it. I've been in some. Uh, physical workouts you know back when i was working out more regularly um i had this friend of mine who was in the army rangers boy that guy he looked like a gi joe you know he was just built and he just he did like two or three workouts a day he did weights he did cardio and swimming and all this stuff i would only join him for one because that was but i mean by the end of it i was tapped out Mm -hmm. and there's a point when you're doing some of these physical things you know like in wrestling or boxing or something where you're just, you know, sometimes you start seeing stars. You're just like, this Amen. is like, this is going Amen. beyond my, Amen. my, uh, my ability here. Um, but it's amazing when you do hold on, you find out what you're capable of. You find out how far you can actually go. Mm-hmm. And it is very, very uh, few times when you'll find that you, you'll go too far, right? And, and, and you pass out or something like that, you know, because your body really is telling you to quit because it doesn't like it. <laughs> so this is uncomfortable. We're going, we're going farther than we wanted to go. Mm-hmm. But going farther than you wanted to go and actually reaching your limit are two different things. And that's what God's, that's what God's calling us to, is to that place in between those two, those two lines of, I want to take you to a place you, you may not have been before and might feel uncomfortable, but it's not actually your limit. Because he's not going to put on you more than you can bear. He and 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 what you can bear is a lot more than you realize because you have the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing is that as we fight these battles, as we continue on uh, pursuing after God and holding out for His return, so you got to do it through the Holy Spirit. You can't do it in the flesh. You no cannot way. do it in the no flesh. No way. Absolutely. Because you're going to get frustrated. You're going to get burned out. You're going to get stressed. You're going to have a, a panic attack. I mean, you know, all this stuff. And you see that happening or you feel that happening to yourself. You got to take a moment and check and be like, wait a minute. Am I trying to do this in my flesh? Because, you know, as, as the Lord gave me, you know, a word mm-hmm. to speak to to someone one time, she was talking about that and saying how she constantly was feeling worn out. And, and, and you know, spiritually, it was like it, it was just this this the struggle was just too much. And the Lord told me, you know, you can't run a, a, an engine, a rocket engine on wood or regular gasoline, mm-hmm. right? That fuel will not suffice. It will, it'll barely sputter and it'll, it'll be gone. It'll be out, right? And that's what you're trying to do when you're trying to run a spiritual race, when you're trying to engage in a spiritual no battle in the flesh. No you way. just, you don't have the means. No way. And that's why you have to be walking in the spirit. You have to have the spirit and you have to be engaging with the spirit. And uh, again, that's all of the, all of the above, everything we've been talking about is all the more important so in true. these final days. So true. So true. I know where, <clears throat> back when I was a lot younger, uh, I was in pretty bad shape. You know, uh, this be the last comment I'll make. Mm-hmm. I was in pretty bad shape. <clears throat> and I uh, you know, uh, had to start working out with uh, 35 pounds. I was in that bad of shape. But by the time it was over with, uh, with proper nourishment, nourishment, nutrition, and rest, mm-hmm. uh, you find that the anatomy of building muscle is that you had to tear that muscle down. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that, that attrition of breaking that muscle down. And the day that you rest is when it starts to build back up mm-hmm. for more strength. Mm-hmm. And with a walk with a child of God, our life, God takes us to a point. Job is Job is the perfect epitome, the epitome of what breakdown is in the in, yeah. the, in the spirit yeah. but when it was over and god uh, brought him back he was better mm. than before mm. but in our spiritual life and our spiritual walk when god takes us today it's like we talked about mm-hmm. uh and then he allows us to suffer a little bit the next round we're going to be a little bit stronger for to, to take us a little further in that distance oh yeah, yeah. amen praise god yep that goes back to those uh, we've talked about many times those kind of universal principles God has built in both the natural and the yes, spiritual. Uh, there's so much you can learn by so just much. just observing the world and asking God to show you things, you know, give you wisdom on Amen. how to understand the world and life we've been placed into. Well, we've been uh, going a little longer than usual today, so I think we'll wrap it up. But um, I, I just, I do want to encourage everyone, as I, I mentioned earlier, get in the Word. Get in the Word, get in the Word. You ha- you have to. You have to. And and that's not my opinion. That's that's God is telling you right now. <laughs> get in the Word. Uh, and get in prayer. 
you know, we have every weekday here. It's wonderful. We have at 7 a.m. We meet for prayer. That has been transformative for me mm-hmm. and for those of us uh, who are able to come. You know, it has been wonderful. Uh, but if you can't make it, to, you know, to our prayer time or if you're somewhere else, you know, find a time, set a schedule, you know, set an alarm, whatever it takes. Ask God to, to carve out the time for you. The, the, the discipline, the practice of prayer is so vital. And it's not just a good idea. It is necessary. Hallelujah. It Amen. is necessary. Amen. And especially in Amen. these times. But get in the word, get in prayer. And, and, you know, double check, double check yourself, check, mm-hmm. check your pastor, you know, mm-hmm. check that, that the place you are at, the place that you have, that you go to worship with every week, make sure that they are in the truth because good enough to pass your standards is not the same thing as the holiness of God. Ooh, amen to that. And so we need to, that's why we need to get in the word. That's why we need to get into prayer, but that's why we need to make sure we're in a place where we can grow. Um, I won't go all into that because it's a whole other thing, but you do need to be in a church. You need to be under a pastor. You need to be under a shepherd. Uh, you can't you can't find out and do everything properly as a sheep just wandering the fields by yourself. Amen, Brother Sam. And uh, so that is also something that's necessary. If you need help with that, God will lead you somewhere. Again, that's how I ended up here. It was We were Amen. seeking God, asking him, show us the Thank truth, you, guide us into the truth, and he Thank led you, us here. And so he will do that. Uh, but that was just something I wanted to leave leave all, all the listeners with is get in the word, get in prayer, make sure you're in a place where you can grow, where you can be safe spiritually, because the world is falling apart and it's going to continue falling apart until Jesus shows up and makes everything right. And uh, so you have to already be in that place with him spiritually. You have to be in that place with him from day to day so that uh, you can withstand the things that are happening. Amen. We thank everyone for joining us. Uh, so glad to be a part of this podcast, this ministry. Uh, we pray for us, you know, that we would have uh, the opportunity to grow this ministry and to continue on in the things God's showing us, God's called us to in this. Um, it does take time and effort to make all these things happen. So pray for us that we would have uh, the things we need, resources and people we need to be able to grow the ministry as God allows. Uh, but if you want to join us here anytime uh, for worship, we we meet on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and 7.30 p.m. And then Wednesday nights at 7.30 p.m. for Bible study here in Indianapolis, Indiana at, at a church. That is at 11140 East 10th Street. And, uh, of course, you can always check out our information at atachurch.org. That's atachurch.org. Follow us on Facebook, all that good stuff. And, uh, of course, the podcast, if you're listening now, you're probably seeing it on YouTube or listening to it on your podcast player. Uh, We're available on all the major platforms, so you can find that or share it with someone if they use Spotify or if they use Google Podcasts or if they just want to watch on YouTube. uh, We can be found in all those places under the heading of At A Church Radio. Brother Woods, thank you so much for joining us again, for um, the blessing it always is to, to share and to fellowship with you. And we thank everyone for listening in and joining us. As always, we will catch you again next time. You are listening to your apostolic radio at a church radio.